everybody. Welcome to the Download Youth Ministry Web Show. My name is Josh. I am uh, the host of the web show. And today I'm running the show solo, except I have a very special guest. How are you? I'm great. I'm really glad to be here, Josh. Thank you very We're much. We're stoked to have you here. Introduce yourself to the to the gathering great. here. Uh, my name is Rich Peluso. I'm the Senior Vice President of Affirm Films, which is a film studio that's owned and operated by Sony Pictures. That is awesome. Tell us some of the films that you have, that, that Affirm in particular, has uh, released in the past. Sure. Uh, hopefully you guys have seen Soul Surfer, uh, Heaven is for Real, uh, The Remaining was our horror yeah, movie that we great. worked on. Scare people into heaven, that's scare what I people, say. Yes, or scare the hell out of them. <laughs> yes, there say. it is. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, War Room is our latest big Absolutely. theatrical Absolutely. That was huge, by uh, the way. It was. It, uh, it, it, worldwide, over $71 million uh, on this little picture. So uh, That is incredible. Heaven is for Real, courageous, uh, all kinds of movies. So. That's really yeah. cool. And well, obviously, we're here to talk about the brand new film that comes out really soon. The movie is called Risen. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very excited about the film. I actually was invited up to Sony with you yes. to see the film a few weeks ago, and it was terrific. So spoiler alert, it's great. All right, there you go. <laughs> um, tell us just a little bit about the, the journey to this story. Why this story? Why this movie? And then we're actually going to let everybody see a little clip of it. Great. I mean, Risen is the story of uh, of a Roman uh, military general. His, his title is, is Tribune, and uh, he's essentially the general of the field in Judea. And it really is his journey um, as this really merchant of death, you know, a leader of the Roman army who intersects with Jesus, or, or as Yeshua, as we call him in, in his Hebrew name in sure. the film. And so it's, it's a story of Christ, but in a really kind of a different perspective. It's through the eyes of this Roman uh, military tribune. It's through the eyes of a skeptic and a non-believer. So it kind of turns turns the story on its head in many ways. So it's it's a great experience. Yeah. And now is the is it a true story? It, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. It is really the intersection of of scripture and historical fiction. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, in scripture, when Jesus is on the road uh, and meets up with Cleopas. Uh, that's where we are in scripture, but certainly some miles away in Jerusalem, Caiaphas and Pilate are wondering where the body is, right? Right. right. He, he rose from the dead that day. The tomb is empty. When scripture talks about the Roman soldiers that were guarding the tomb, uh, of course, you know, it's, it's written from the perspective of those who witnessed the events. Well, when those Roman guards left, they went somewhere and right. they talked to somebody. I love so, it. Right? So that's where the historical fiction inter intersects is we, we, we cover this story, you know, the story within, within the scripture, but then we also cover the other side. Yeah. Of the story. I mean, I was absolutely loving the story because every once in a while I'd be like, Oh, that part is in the Bible. And now I'm having this whole new perspective of what the centurion thought or what his commanding officer would have thought, right. or even the people gathered at the cross. Like, it was just fascinating to go, I know these events from the Bible are true, and what a fantastic story kind of woven into those events. Certainly, yes. Very, very cool. Well, let's yeah. watch a clip from the movie Risen. Check this out. Vivian. Pilot summons you. I'm yet sticky with filth. No matter. There's more trouble.
on, come on. Did you win? I was told to hurry. In truth, you're well-dressed for this job. What's happened? Passover. Every hothead and holy fool in Judea was here, stirring the pot. Some ascetic, one of following by, making waves to the Sanhedrin, decided to put him down. Sent a lathered mob here, screaming for his blood because he claims to be their messiah. to crucify him. Don't give me that look. I've had enough already. I had a situation tribune, something you don't seem to understand. Soon, the emperor arrives here, and he expects to find order. Order. What does he want of me, prefect? Take control out there and finish things. This has gone on long enough. And do this Nazarene a small mercy. Break his legs. All right, very cool. That's awesome. Little glimpse into the film comes yes. out really soon. How how neat. Um, tell me really quick. You share your favorite part of the film. Like, what's the moment? Without being too much of a spoiler. Sure. Uh, and then I'll I'll tell you mine if that's okay. Of course. Um, my favorite part of the film is going to be a part that you probably don't even remember. Um, okay. It, it it is mine favorite because it's full of subtext. There's not a piece of dialogue spoken. Um, and it is uh, when Clavius, you know, Clavius is, he's a Roman soldier. He's, a, he's an officer. He, he lives death every day, but he is religious as well. He's yeah. religious in the sense of living in the world of the pagan world of the Roman gods. Right. And his, his god is Mars that he, he ascribes his faith to. And uh, there's a scene in the movie, which is kind of a throwaway scene, but I insisted we keep it, uh, is after Clavius intersects with several of the disciples, and he kind of sees their hope and their joy uh, proclaiming that this Messiah has risen, even though there's no proof of that from Clavius's viewpoint. Sure, He's right. not seen the Messiah. <clears throat> there's a scene where he's frustrated because he cannot get the clues he needs to figure out what happened. And he's walking back to his barracks and he sees his little altar to Mars and he stops and he stares at this dead, lifeless metal God. Yeah. And it just holds on him for about four or five seconds. Yeah. And what you see in this character is the realization that he's, inter he's, he's interacting with all these people who have a living God who is energizing and inspiring them. And this dead God who he's never seen alive, he's never spoken to, he's, right. uh, that's the only word world that he knows and it's a critical point in his so faith powerful. journey so yeah. that's my favorite part i love it it's uh, i do remember that sequence very vividly it says so much without a word being right, spoken right and you're just looking at that going i get it yep. i get what's going on in his head yep. right now that's beautiful um i think my favorite part of the film there are many it is beautifully shot mm. it is it is a fantastic film we can talk about christian films and all that business right. later i right. suppose right but it is beautiful a-list actors, maybe we can bring that up later. But 
I love most films that cover the crucifixion, the story in Jesus and disciples, and then the very end of the film is Jesus is crucified. Right, right. And what just threw me for a loop is we start off, boom, Jesus, yes, the, yes. the beginning of the film is the crucifixion. I realize that's a little bit of a spoiler, but yes. <laughs> I love it. It's terrific because you know that oh, wow, this isn't the end. This is the beginning of our story. Is, I, I yeah. wonder what happens next. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was purposeful. You know, we, uh, we're, like you said, I mean, where most films about the life of Christ end at the crucifixion, Risen begins the crucifixion. Absolutely. And uh, that really kicks off what we describe as the greatest manhunt in human history. Hmm. Um, so, you know, while Scripture talks about the hundreds of people that witness Christ alive after the resurrection, you know, there was a period of time where he rose and, uh, you know, the, the rumor was out that he rose, but n not many people had seen him, you know, right. and uh, in those critical hours um, after the, the resurrection, you had this this political religious machine of Rome and Judea and the Sanhedrin yes. all just turned on their heads because they their whole goal was to maintain peace, to suppress these uprisings in, in Jerusalem and Judea. And the one simple thing they had to do, no, no matter whether you believe in Jesus or not, right. whether you believe he rose or not, there's, there's really some facts that, are, that you, cannot, uh, you cannot argue with. The Romans and the religious leaders of the time wanted that man dead and in the tomb. They posted guards and it was empty. Right. right. Those are right. So, right. right. So the best of the Roman military, the, the strongest army in the world, and they can't keep one man in a tomb. That's yeah. pretty powerful story. Yeah, that's and, uh, quite a I statement yeah. right there too. Right. Yeah. I love it. Well, it is a, it's beautifully shot. There are so many poignant moments. I feel like the, you're kind of filling in the gap of what mm -hmm. the Bible doesn't cover right. with this fictional story incredibly well done. Let's actually watch uh, another clip of the film right here. Check this out. Great. What sky is this? Last hour the sun was shining. Poseidon's unhappy. Some god is. Days that one. Centurion, how goes this? A strange day, Tribune. It was just a tremor. Right? And too much dark in the air. But this king, something's wrong. The mob feel it. Smite a few, show them the rod. The Nazarene, is he dead yet? After only six hours. 
can't be. Has he spoken? Has he spoken? Just before the tremor. He said it's finished. See that it is. All right, good. Another fantastic clip from the film. Great. Very, very cool. Thank you for, first of all, thank you for showing these clips to us before the film even comes out. Too. Oh, it's my pleasure. We're, we're, we're excited to, to share this uh, with you, especially since you've already seen the movie. I so, have, uh, yeah. I mean, this I, is. I'm glad everyone gets a chance to take a look at yeah, these clips. Yeah, give them a little sneak peek. Yeah. I love it. Um, is, is this story personal for you in any way? The story of Jesus, the life of Christ. What is your journey in all of this as well? I'd just love to hear a little bit from you. Sure. You know, I, uh, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. I accepted Christ, uh, uh, at a youth group retreat um, really? yeah, when I was 12 years old. And, uh, you know, oh, I, I love uh, it. I'm I, one of those. It's great. I just think all the youth workers out there going, I don't know if that kid's going to turn out, but I'm going to love him to Jesus. I was and a, someone did that I, for you. That's great. <laughs> I was a, what some people call a triple dipper, right? So I was baptized. So some people, you know, uh, like I, I was baptized it. in church. Then of course I accepted <laughs> Christ as like a six year old. Uh -huh. And you know, by the time I'm 11 or 12, no memory whatsoever of that. Right. And 12 years old, I really, you know, the third time was a charm really stuck. I I love you it. Know? Just like chilies, the triple That's pepper. Right. It's That's good. Right. Getting hungry now that you so, say that. Uh, yeah. Um, How awesome. So, you know, I, I had parents that just really encouraged me. I, I was fortunate and blessed to grow up in a, in a functional family. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, with a couple sisters. And uh, um, I grew up really wanting to get into music and Christian music. I was a huge fan of Christian music really? growing up. And uh, I was in a high school band and we were kind of the go-to band for all the high school parties. And um, I wanted to get into music and uh, fortunately one of the things that God revealed to me was that I wasn't very good. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, a, what a blessing that was. It was actually, it was, it was because I, I realized it early on. So I didn't end up, you know, playing at a holiday Inn when I was 30 years old. Right. Yes. I realized that I, I was good, but I really wasn't that good. I wasn't yeah. like buy your record good. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but what I love to do is I love to tell people about new music. And so, um, I ended up getting into kind of like marketing and promotion for Christian music. And uh, I kind of grew up within, um, a, a label called Sparrow Records yeah, and course. EMI Christian Music Group. Yeah. I became the president of that company, um, was there for 15 years and worked wow. and developed artists like Toby Mack and Chris Tomlin and Switchfoot and and uh, all these incredible yeah, artists. Yeah, holy so You just listed them all right yes. there. I there mean, you go. David Done. Crowder, Stephen Curtis Chapman. I wish you could drop that mic, but right. it's attached to something. <laughs> <Right>. That's, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I was there for many years and uh, was the president. I was there for 15 years. And by the time I'd had several girls, several daughters, my wife and I, and I started to realize that they were much more engaged in audiovisual content versus yeah. music. Yep. And there wasn't a whole lot for them to watch, a lot of great movies. And uh, so I thought, you know, I want to get into this, like this That's space. Awesome. Yep. So I really set out to pursue getting into film entertainment and, and ended up at Sony Pictures um, starting to firm films and, and developing and producing, you know, faith-based and inspirational films, which, awesome. uh, which, you know, impact lives. And one of the first movies I wanted to get involved with was switch. I was a switch foot was a soul <laughs> surfer. Uh -huh. Um, and, uh, again, one of the reasons why was because my daughters love Bethany Hamilton That's and her awesome. story. What an amazing story. So. For those of you that don't know, Soul Surfer is about a, a surfer, Bethany Hamilton, yeah. lost yeah. her arm in a shark attack. Amazing story. Again, 
again, beautiful, wonderful film. Yeah. That was the first one that a firm that had was done the first under your. Uh, we had done uh, no, we had done Fireproof and Facing the Giants, but it was the first movie where we. Uh, went out and and developed the script and secured the rights cool. and hired the director and cool. and produced the film. So. so awesome! Well, it was actually really forward thinking of you to see the music industry and especially in the Christian side of things established, flourishing, doing well, and a huge opportunity for yeah. not just not just for money to be made and all that, of course, but for the message of the gospel to yeah. be shared through this medium that had been largely ignored or pitiful little attempts of so many Christian films. Sure. I mean, this the, is big budget, passion, high dollar, awesome movie making it is, that and we it, see. It is. And, and the passion kind of inspired me. And it, that was right around the time I was wrapping up my time at the EMI Christian Music Group. Um, and I wanted to get into film entertainment. And that was like the first big faith-based film of the modern era. Yeah. But it was, it was kind of a, you know, it was a story, a story of Jesus Christ central to our faith. And I really wanted to also do something that was contemporary, you know, contemporary dramas and yeah. family films and things like that. Uh, so that was part of my inspiration to go after film. Yeah, so. I love it that you can tell modern stories as well as these classic right. stories right. like Risen, obviously the biblical text coming yes. to life. Yeah, I love it. Well, yeah. your story is incredible. I, and it's fun to see the, the hard work has paid off in a great film like this. And I must say that... Uh, you know, in that youth retreat, uh, it was at uh, River Valley Ranch in Millers, Maryland, when I was 12 years old. Wow. And the youth group leaders that were part of our life in that little youth group were life-changing for me. So That's awesome. I just want to encourage any of you guys that are working with youth, it, it really makes a difference. Well, and that is that is one of the very best things about what we get to do at Download Youth Ministries. We're equipping and serving these amazing men and women. Most of them volunteer, mm. many a few paid and some professional, all that, but they just love God and love students and it's so fun to see you years later yeah, many years reaping yeah, many years <laughs> later but reaping the the faithfulness of yeah. those people that poured into your life it's great it's beautiful let's watch another clip from the movie risen salve prefect You smell of meat, a feast. Funeral. There's your solution. Burn him in public. God forbids cremation. He also forbids labor on the Sabbath, and yet here you are. Tribune. Burn him. The crucified Nazarene. Why? His business unfinished. The man's dead, Caiaphas. His followers are in hiding. He's no longer a threat to your monopoly on piety. But still a threat, Prefect. While alive, that deceiver said he would rise again after three days. He foretold it. We request that the sepulcher be sealed, lest his disciples come in the night, steal the body, and say that he is risen from death. That would cause more unrest in this city than all his blasphemies combined. You have your own guide. Secure it yourself. My words exactly. To which I replied, we need a Roman seal. This must be seen as the impartial will of the prefect. And not yours. We seek only what Caesar seeks. Peace in Jerusalem, peace in Judea, which you will lose if this body vanishes. Ends my summoning. 
Just see to it. Satisfy yourself. Seal it. Seal. All right, good. Another clip from, from the movie Risen. Great. Um, obviously, they, people can see that this was filmed all over the world, amazing locations, but you've also got some incredible talent on yes, screen, too. Yes. How did you get A-list actors? Joe Fiennes, Tom Felton, how did you get this caliber of, of actors on screen? Well, it really was our, it was a combination of, uh, of our director, Kevin Reynolds, and our producers, Mickey Liddell and Pete Shilliman. Um, you know, one of the things, a lot of people think about directors as bringing, uh, bringing a vision for the picture. But what a lot of people don't understand is that directors also bring a reputation oh, absolutely. Uh, that either attracts or repels actors. <laughs> so um, sometimes you have a piece of work that an actor is ambivalent about doing, but when they find out that a certain director is on it, yeah. you may get that actor. That's so, awesome. uh, you know, Kevin played a role in, in getting Joe on as well as uh, as our producers. And uh, Joseph Fiennes was our was the first land, uh, you know, the first uh, uh, actor that we landed. Um, and then for uh, his aide, uh, Lucius, uh, uh, there were a couple different actors we were looking at, but we wanted we wanted this. Uh, you know, uh, Joe is, is kind of an olive-skinned, dark-haired, and we wanted kind of a northern Italian, northern Roman-looking, and mm -hmm. uh, Tom Felton was very high on a couple of our producers' lists. Oh, absolutely. And Tom jumped at it because this is one of the first big kind of dramatic role opportunities yeah. for him. Well, and he's been in some amazing films. Yeah, I mean, he, Harry Potter Harry Potter is yes. all you need to say. I mean, he, unbelievable. He's Lucius and Risen, but his father was Lucius and Harry Potter, so. <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, it's actually cool. Uh, at the screening of the film, I got to to meet Tom, we had the most amazing. I call him Tom because we're just on a first right, name basis course, now. Yeah. Um, we do talk occasionally now, just as a uh, we don't, but anyhow, um, I got to meet him and have a conversation about how his character in the film again, I won't, won't spoil it for you, but he's on a spiritual journey, yeah. And how even Tom in his personal life is also echoing that spiritual journey and certainly raised with some faith, but now in Hollywood and his life, it was a, a wonderful conversation and a really cool parallel to what you see him as he performs on screen, too. Was there a standout performance? Was there a, a particular... I, I know we've already talked about your favorite scene, but is there a... a who's the Who rises to the top in this film? Well, too? I mean, I think they all did an incredible job. I mean, Joseph Fiennes, who some people would know from uh, the Academy Award-winning Shakespeare in Love. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Joseph... Um, uh, you know, he went to uh, gladiator school in Rome for several weeks wow. to learn how to be a gladiator. Uh, he he uh, he had a pretty range, a pretty a wide range of performance from being a military leader in battle to being an interrogator to being in a man who is 
passionate about finding the yeah. truth and seeking peace, and he's really just tired of the life he's lived. Yep. Uh, you know, Tom Felton's performance uh, really is, is is kind of a breakout from his kind of younger characters he played. Sure. And just playing that lead who has to have he he has a pretty important arc in that. You know, without spoiling it, there's a critical point at which point he he's very loyal to Rome. He's loyal to his superior, which is Clavius, the, yeah. the Roman Tribune. But there's a point at which uh, Clavius and Lucius uh, come to uh, come to a you know uh, come to blows essentially. Right. And uh, you know, Tom's performance there when he has to kind of turn against his superior yeah. is very powerful. We also had uh, Cliff uh, Curtis who plays Yeshua or right. Jesus. Yes. Um, some people might know Cliff. Uh, I'm sure maybe you don't watch the show, but there's a little show on TV called Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> and uh, and Cliff Curtis is, is in Fear the Walking Dead. He's, uh, he's kind of a dark horse uh, uh, Academy Award potential with Absolutely. another movie he's done. Yes. Incredible performance. And he, uh, he took a uh, a several month vow of silence when he landed the role as wow. Jesus, just to prepare himself spiritually and and physically. Uh, and uh, there's a when you go see the movie, there's a scene near the very end, okay? Uh, and you'll know what it is. Uh, it's it. There's a scene where when Yeshua speaks, when Cliff speaks, it's the first time that several of the actors have ever heard him speak because we shot that scene first. What? So it's on the rock, right? It's on the rock oh, in the dark. Oh, that's cool. And it's the first time those actors that were in that scene heard him speak. Because he's had this he, vow he was in this the entire science, time. Even through rehearsals. No. And he would always communicate with a pad. He had a pad and pencil. So even when they all went to dinner after they shot, you yeah. know, <laughs> he would be writing on a pad. That is some serious was that <laughs> method acting. It is, that is, it is you are in the zone. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. How cool! Yeah. Well, we'll definitely look out for that scene. Uh, incredible. Great. Well, I got a couple last questions for you, but let's just pull ahead and and watch one last clip from the, the movie Risen. He's gone. Nazarene. Of course, the Nazarene. His tomb is stone empty. Who brought this news? The guards? Your guards are missing. Some simpleton reported it. Who did you put on the detail? I want them found and lashed to death, preferably. Let me investigate. Well, that would be helpful before Caiaphas and his pack of raving Jews show up here. Too late. Tribune. Shall we dispense with lies? The guards have told me. They came to you? Seeking sanctuary. They know the penalty for sleeping on duty. What happened? Exactly as I had predicted. The heretic's disciples came in the night and stole the body. Already they are proclaiming him risen from death. Will the people believe it? The weak will. Others want to. So we must announce the theft. Will they believe you? They'll believe the guards if you don't kill them first. Endless. Proclaim it before this blossoms. It's not enough. Without a corpse to prove him dead, we have a potential messiah. I want no doubt. Tiberius cannot arrive to unrest. We must find a body. Will you help? Of course. But proclaim it. Was my confidence in you misplaced, Tribune? Perhaps you'd prefer a post in hell. 
You will track down each and every one of these disciples, but more importantly, you will find the corpse of this cursed Yeshua before it rots. All right, great. Another clip from the film. Again, thank you for sharing this with us. Let's let's kind of pull it all together here. Um, tell me about filming this bad boy. Obviously, you traveled all over the world. Amazing actors. What obstacles did you encounter as this as this unfolded? Well, the biggest obstacle was uh, was seeing this this picture not get made for seven years. Um, wow. So uh, when when we first started to firm films in two thousand seven. Um, one of the things we wanted to do is we wanted to look at telling the rest of the story from the passion Not of the Christ perspective, right? Sure. What, what happened after? Yeah, so he dies, right. now what? Right. Yeah. And How about he comes back were, to life and right. there's a lot more to that's tell? Right. <laughs> there, were, there were actually uh, several producers and several people that were had the same idea. And uh, we had we looked at maybe 10 or 12 different scripts from wow. 10 or 12 different producing groups. And of the multiple scripts that we read, this was by far our favorite one. And we could not make a deal work on Wait, this, this picture. Wait, this is 2007. This is 2007. This has been around for a yes. while then. So wow. we could not make a deal. It kind of, it, it just kind of died off. And that was the end of that. I mean, it just well, disappeared. And for, you found success with other movies and exactly. other genres. And so, so we were off done. to something else. And, no way. And uh, the whole idea of, you know, as each year progressed, as we got farther and farther away from passion, there was less heat on the of idea course. of continuing the story. Just kind of, sure. you know. So um, in 2014, um, I had a conversation with Mickey Liddell from LD Entertainment, who's the producer. And he said, hey, look, we really want to tell the story of Jesus, but from a different perspective. We got the script we want to shoot, and we'd, we'd love to partner with you. Wow. I said, yeah, sure, you know, send the script. But I had, I had actually just recently told someone, you know, I had no desire to do robe and sandal movies, right? <laughs> like, no, I, yeah, we're done I with that. I could just picture the same, kind of the same, hey, let's tell the story of the Gospel of Mark or Luke. Right. Or let's, and uh, I, I just feel like it's not that I don't love those stories. It's just that other people have done them really well. So yeah. why, tr why do it again? Absolutely. So he sent the script. Uh, I read it at how I remember. I was sat, sitting on the couch, and I, I read the first page. And I thought, this is the script that I loved seven years ago. No way. So called Mickey up the next day. I said, we're in. We're in. Awesome. I mean, the, the reason I love this story is because it's from Clavius's point of view. It's so, here's what, what I love most about this movie, okay? Yeah. Of all the movies we've done at Affirm Films, um, when we test them, uh, we test them in, in front of consumers. We do two kinds of tests. We do tests where we recruit people that we know are Christians, and then we recruit people that are just general population, which Christians show up in because we're in the general population, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. But, you know, they're very different audiences because one, we're recruiting at Bible studies and youth groups and churches. The other one, we're recruiting at malls and, and whatever, at sure. theaters. So of all the movies we've done, when we test it, one of the questions we ask the audience is, um, is there, you know, do you feel like you're being preached to? Is there too much faith in this, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, those numbers tend to be really high in the general audience mm -hmm. uh, tests. Yeah, because they'd be very sensitive to that. They'd be like, yes, it was everywhere. Yeah, it was like, I, I, felt, down my throat. Like, yeah, I felt it was, yeah. you know, they were slapping me over the head with the Bible, right? Sure. So uh, we'll, we would often see numbers where, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 or 60% of the wow. people said 
So we tested Risen and the number was like 13%. No way. And the reason why is that it, it, uh, Pastor Rick White actually said it best. He said, it's the least threatening, most approachable story about Jesus Christ. I love it. Because it's from the eyes of someone who doesn't even believe the Messiah exists. Yeah, literally a skeptic at a skeptic, best. Right. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you're in, you're entering and you're moving through the story from a skeptic's point of view. And so yeah. it's very non-threatening. And people who are not churched, who are not believers, don't feel threatened and they can go for the ride and they can experience what Clavius experiences. That's awesome. And then Christians who know and love the story well, love it because it's like this um, this fresh water pouring over you where you're like, okay, I, I've known this story for 10 or 20 or 30 years, but this is a whole different way to experience it. Oh, absolutely. So that's, I think, the magic, so to speak. I, you, now, that, now that you say that, how, of course, having seen the film, I'm starting to feel that same way going, yes, this character mirrors this type of person in today's world. Right. This character, a little different angle, yeah. mirrors someone from today. Even the devout Christian that you mentioned, yeah. they're in the film, maybe not as the, the forefront or whatever, but they're certainly there. Yes. And you're going, that's me. I would be right that's there. Right. That's right. All the way from skeptics to people who believe that he was their savior. Yes. And I think you're right. That's a really, really powerful yeah, I love that powerful about the expression. Movie. How cool. Yeah. Very neat. Well, obviously, we're talking youth workers. A lot of youth workers out there have the potential to um, take students to this, to share the mm -hmm. message of Jesus and the gospel of Christ. And so... Um, how do we get behind this film? When is it coming out? I think it was January originally, yeah, right? Yeah, it was now, January. We, we moved it to February 19th. We wanted to get a little closer to Easter. Absolutely. Uh, and I would just say this to youth youth leaders, youth pastors, uh, those who engage with, with youth. Um, you know, this movie is uh, a presentation of the life of Christ. And the Gospels are very clear. But it's in such a kind of... A, as I said, non-threatening, mm -hmm. sneak, almost sneaky way. It just, it just <laughs> kind like of it. it shows up, right? Um, and I can assure you, the best I can assure you, that um, the quality of the cinematography and the performances, there is the the last thing you will hear someone say about this is yeah. that it has cheesy Christian movie DNA. It yeah. does not. Yeah. Um, well, and your you first know. gut instinct would be like, oh, this is not, you no, know, more of the same. And right. it is not more of the same. It's not. You know, it's, it's you know, things like um, uh, Passion of the Christ and and Son of God and the, the Nativity. and Certainly. They, they, yeah, change the game. Yeah, they're, they're beautiful stories yep. and they yep. are... They're kind of beat-for-beat beat scriptural recreations, yep. right? And Jesus looks like you'd expect him exactly, to look. And right. uh, the water and the Galilee, everything is just as right. you would expect, right? And this is not, I mean, this I is love gritty, it. dirty, uh, you know, these people are out to crush the growing church. Like you know, they're, they're out to crush those who say that this guy, Jesus, rose again. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah, know, crush the, the rebellion yeah, that eventually exactly. becomes the church that we are a exactly. part of now to this day, thousands yep. of years later, here we are. And yep. you see the formation of it in those disciples, those devoted followers, and the journey from skeptic to devoted follower, too. And, and I think youth, the kids of the youth will love it because yeah. of, I mean, there's a manhunt segment, there's a thrilling battle segment, uh, and it's something that church kids can feel very confident about 
pulling in unchurched kids too. Yeah. A lot of outreach potential. I so. absolutely agree with that. Having seen it, I could not agree more. Right. I hope I hope that youth workers get behind it. I know we are. We're excited for the film to come out. And, and honestly, thrilled that you're here today sharing this uh, message and the dreams that you have for the film. It sounds like there were a lot of obstacles to getting it made. Yes. And yeah. so we're thankful that, for first of all, for what you do, and we're thankful for the f- a film that we can invite our friends to Great. share Jesus with. In February 19th, all right, February 19th is a release date. And uh, what's cool is Sony Pictures can work with churches and youth groups where you can actually open the movie one, two, or even three days early. Really, that's cool. Uh, if you if you book a book a theater, yeah. So um, uh, we just I just found out today in a meeting that even Tuesday night of opening week. So if you have like youth group meetings or Bible studies on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, yeah, you can actually book the theater and be the first in the country to watch the movie. That's so. really fun. Yeah, so many of the youth ministries of people that will be listening, um, they are Wednesday night youth group. Great. So you could say, hey, at youth, we're meeting at this, the movie theater tonight. That's for right. A youth group. That's Bring right. your Friends. Open the movie, uh, be the first in your town to see the movie. That's so. really cool. Well, thank you very much. We will go see the film, and thanks for giving us a little insight into it today. Any any little hint as to what's next from you or from a firm? Sure. After we have, Risen, and when what's yeah, next? We have another movie uh, coming out March 18th, mm. so a month later. Um, we're, we've been busy bees. So yeah, we have another no movie kidding. called Miracles from Heaven, awesome. which stars Jennifer Garner and Queen Latifah. Terrific. And, uh, it is a true story. Um, it's from the same producers that we worked on with Heaven is For Real. Yeah. So whereas Heaven is For Real was kind of a heavenly story of a father and son, um, Miracles from Heaven is an earthly story of a healing with a mother and daughter. Right. Um, so it's a beautiful story. And then um, we are, uh, in fact, I have dinner tonight with uh, an incredible director named uh, Randall Wallace. Awesome. Who did Braveheart. He wrote wow. Braveheart. He did We Were Soldiers. He did Secretariat. When, when do we leave for dinner? I can't yeah, wait right. to go. Wait, what? <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm having dinner with him and, and the producer, Mickey Liddell, that we worked on with awesome. Risen to, to get the three of us on the same page to, to do this incredible movie I've been wanting to do for 10 years, How even cool. before I was at a firm I and uh, we're getting close to knocking it. So we're, we're, I love the tease. You're not going to tell us the name of the no, film. Right. Not, no, I love I'm it. Not. Good for you. Yeah. Keep a little secret, a little mystery box right That's here right. in front. Well, thank you for your time today. And we're excited to support risen. Thank you for creating this film. It's going to be a great, great time. Well, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. I appreciate right. it. Go see the movie. See you guys.